Tom Benti, Tom Benti Media Podcast. I am here with my friend Isabella Wang. She is a social entrepreneur. She is a digital marketer. She has her own podcast. She has a book coming out, which we're going to talk about. And she is associated with the New York Marketing Association and also a creative agency called Creative House. I met Isabella a few years ago. I would go, and I still go, to uh, uh, networking events in Manhattan and in New Jersey. And Isabella was nice enough to organize the events for the New York Marketing Association. And it was always a great time to meet people that are in my field, in the marketing, branding, advertising field. And also they would host some really great speakers that would give presentations on different topics from digital marketing to traditional advertising to video, et cetera. So I'm really happy Isabella is here with us today and she's going to talk about her career and really some tips that not only big corporations can use for digital marketing, but the average day users like myself and like yourself can use to build a presence, build a brand online. So thank you, Isabella, for joining us today. My great pleasure. Thanks for having me. Great. So Isabella, <laughs> so why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, how you got into digital marketing. And also, I, I know I, I follow you online. I know, I've known you a couple of years now. You have such a passion for digital <laughs> marketing, like just a real passion for digital marketing. Why is that so? Great, great question. So yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, you also mentioned already, I'm a social entrepreneur, speaker, and author working on a soon-to-be-published book called The Digital Mind of Tomorrow. And uh, as my daily uh, work, I am the operations director at the New York Marketing Association, where we gather together all the passionate uh, people uh, that are in marketing and business field in large doing exchanges through events, workshops, conferences, webinars, and also I'm very enjoying my daily work as the COO at the creative company called uh, Creative House, where we provide digital solutions to help companies transform their business model and to survive and thrive in the fast-changing digital world. So that's a little bit about um, my background and in terms of um, this thing I'm doing as a digital marketer, right, a, a strategist or uh, um, advocate for digital practice, uh, I guess a lot of millennials uh, like me uh, can feel the same. We're kind of in this um, digital uh, native um, a zone. I don't know if that's a familiar term. We, we kind of grew up with uh, digital uh, stuff and not to mention the next generation gen z that's like that's their world they don't know what's non-digital and so for for me i'm always seeking what's the best way to do things right whether it's for business for marketing for operations and digital come into this natural role integrate into my daily work uh and i've noticed the importance of um leveraging it since i started joined startups 10 years ago after I graduated from school. And it just, um, without noticing, applied to my daily practice, uh, like every day in everything we do, operations, marketings, um, and very um, genuinely, I switched my attention into this area and to completely focus on what this really mean for us, right? Uh, especially it's changing so fast throughout the years. I remember the smartphone is only a decade. Can you believe it, right? Decade ago, I was using a Samsung, uh, like Blueberry with this keyboards. There's no smartphone. So to be short, I think 
the future kind of is not like trying to say digital it's important or how good it is, but future definitely lies into this digital realm. So maybe that explains why I'm consistently pursuing, um, consistently discovering about digital in general. And apparently it has to do with digital marketing, but in general, I'm into this field because of how it's closely related to our daily life. Uh, maybe not that obvious to everyone, uh, but it's getting more and more obvious. Great. So how did you get into it initially? How did you get into digital marketing from the onset? So I, I mentioned I started with a startup companies and with that, a lot of people probably know whether you have your own businesses or you start something, you are the marketer for your company, right? And I'm applying, um, I'm learning by myself or working with the professionals on a daily basis, how to apply the best marketing strategies, operation strategies uh, with marketing uh, on digital tools. So that's my first, you know, a touch point with digital marketing. And soon I, I mean, I'm a, um, a big a fan of um, bringing community together. I was hosting a startup community. I was hosting uh, a startup community. A lot of them are actually doing marketing. And I was then I started this uh, marketing community. And uh, most of the things we talk about is all around digital marketing. And because that was like a trend back like five, uh, four, six years ago. So that was a time when I heavily involved in digital marketing. And then I joined this company I'm at right now, the digital company Creative House. And everything we do, we provide, we are learning on a daily basis. It's all about digital practice, uh, strategy, lead generation, ads campaigns. Um, I'm not the person that actually execute any you know, ads, campaigns, or I can tell you, oh, you should target this audience. But on the strategy side, uh, I'm very aware how this can apply in the big picture uh, through omni channels, meaning traditional marketing and digital marketing. Because as of now, we're still kind of integrate both and you can really just leave off the traditional approach and just leave on the digital uh, marketing alone. Okay, so let's say with a new client comes in, can you break mm -hmm. down the process? Like, how does that work in terms of figuring out the best plan of attack from a digital marketing standpoint to work with a client? Now, I know it's always very specific to their needs, but can you break down that process for us? The process of uh, finding the proper strategy? Yes, yes. Like, how does, that, how does that work? And then how do they go? I know you said you don't implement that, but how do they go about implementing the strategy that you come up with? So step one would be, how do you figure out what the best strategy is? And then mm -hmm. how, do you how do they implement that? And how do you guide them during that implementation stage? Absolutely. Like for us, um, that's actually the unique point for the company we work at. Um, we look at each client's uh, from a bigger picture perspective, not just their marketing perspective. Oh, you have to do this ads or do that post. First, we, we evaluate them with a questionnaire to ask them what, what stage their company is at, right? If they're 
a very beginning stage and obviously the strategy is completely different or they're trying to net reach to the next stage so we always all evaluate their goal and their stage and their market positioning first and we come up with this uh, consultation session to brainstorm with them and to hear their voice because um, every clients come from a different perspective sometimes we think we're offering the best practice but in their eyes they think it's not anything close to what they want to do at the moment so there's a lot of um communication, which which I think is the foundation before you run into throwing money into any ads or, okay, let's do 30 posts this month. It's the foundation is to clear your goal and direction. Or are we going to just focus on three products or just one product and from there and what's the revenue goal and what's your niche market and from there, we're going to break into digital strat uh, strategy combined with traditional strategy as an omni-channel marketing strategy? And do they still need any traditional strategy integrate into their digital or the digital works perfectly? Just, just let's just shoot for that. And again, like you said, every situation it's different. And some clients, they want to try everything and some clients, they just want to do one thing. It never really goes as we wish, but we're always happy to find a common ground. And from there, if the client says, okay, uh, I think we're, we're willing to start trying because Actually, a lot of clients came to us without any, you know, digital experience. That's why they probably want to start trying. So they wanted to see how actually it works just with digital marketing. So then from there, based on their goal, their, uh, their budget, that's very important, uh, and their revenue uh, goal, and we can create an actual plan for them, let's say, with Facebook ads or with Google ads. Again, this is very superficial, I know, but it's just things is working that way because um, there's a lot of um, unique and their unique point of view to consider when you talk to to the client their budget their perspective their term long-term goal short-term goal and then and then when, when that happens we create a strategic plan for their marketing schedule and then from there we assign to our specific team let's say if you run Facebook ads we're gonna assign to the team uh, this is uh, their budget, this is their goal. And again, we're gonna uh, set up a strategy for the ads. And the last step is for the people to really execute, to, to run the ads. That's actually the, um, the last step. And before that, it's a, it's a long haul to discuss and back and forth with the client, yeah. Great, and what are the, like, the main, I mean, I, I know it, it, it changes depending on the client and their needs, but in terms of ads, like what are you really trying to get across? Is it, are you coming from a branding standpoint and showcasing like who the company is and, and showcasing their values? Are you highlighting their services? Is it a mix of both? Like what from yours, what do you like the best with the ads? What do you think the best ads that are running that are working the best? What do you think they showcase for the client? So this is the thing for any ads, there's kind of different purpose. Um, there are ads for brand awareness, meaning you spend a little bit and it's running on a constantly base every week, every day, even three, 10, $50. And there are certain ads for boosting and you need to spend heavily in a very short period of time with very target strategy and very strong, powerful. You kind of have to integrate the best of everything, try to get the maximum result out of those campaigns. So it, we always recommend on a daily basis for any businesses to always have those 
ongoing awareness ads running, right? And those doesn't really spend much. Uh, and at a certain point, if you launch a new product, if you want to, uh, let's say, promote an event with those heavy focused and high investment kind of ads. So that's like a general practice. But again, every business is different. And we work with this clinic uh, during the pandemic, they were running on a completely different um, business model before the pandemic, like more face to face, everything was perfect. They're, they're very doing very well with up to like almost uh, 20 plus uh, staffing. And because of the pandemic, it, it all, they almost shut down because of all those face to face, all of a sudden doesn't work. So we have to work with them to come up with um, a virtual kind of business model. And they developed this um, uh, kind of like a virtual series to do educational um, presentation for their potential market. And um, every presentation involves to a service that they provide. So we kind of heavily promote every each of those uh, presentations with a very specific targeted ads to a very specific niche uh, audience of their age, their location, and and running on on the daily, not daily, but monthly basis, those two ads simultaneously running together, and that really worked for them. So they're happy, and um, because of again, you see, it's different, right? Because their product is much more than the ads they spend. So even though the ads kind of sounds like a lot, but they got tremendous ROI. And they're very happy to constantly running those very targeted, a little bit expensive ads. Yeah, on a monthly basis. Great. So these are what these companies are doing. Now, do you work in both business to consumer? Or do, you, do, do you work with companies that are business to business as well? Because that's what I do. I run a business to business company, video production. And that's the struggle for me is always bringing a new business. Now it's a, I think it's a completely different yeah. business model from business to consumer. Most of my clients come from just LinkedIn outreach, but it's, it's hard. It's mostly word of mouth. It's mostly just years of building up your reputation, showing individuals your work, networking one-on-one -on -one at events like you host. So with business to business, it seems to be a lot different and a lot more difficult in terms of running ads. And it's it probably from my standpoint, it would be better just to do something from a branding standpoint as to be focused on kind of bringing in direct. Yeah, I agree. And also um, I assume those business to business kind of client, they overall has a better um, resource in terms of the budget, the team. So definitely for them, those brand awareness uh, ads will show more numbers. I will say that because uh, again, that like numbers means, in, for example, impressions, right? Means that people see it or just even scan through and also engagement means they click through, they really act on it. Those are um, completely different levels. But uh, from the number perspective, you could get those impressions much easier to impress those B2B business, which is are also authentic, very uh, impressive, and very strong, powerful uh, for them to see, oh, this really works. Yeah, so I definitely agree with you. Great. So let's transition now to just your social entrepreneur, even individuals that are outside the marketing realm that are, <laughs> let's say they're in real estate, let's say they're in medicine. And let's yeah. say they have a practice of law or a practice of medicine or, or they're a doctor or anything, really anything in this age. You, you, I, I tell my students as a professor, uh -huh. like you really need to be on social media. If you're not, it kind of, and for good or bad, I think it looks 
strange. I think it, it, there's something like off if you're not. <laughs> I know it's it's unfortunate or maybe it's fortunate. I don't know. That's up for debate. But you know, any any really business could benefit from being online in today's age. So, what are some best practices for individuals like yourself, social entrepreneurs, or people outside of of the marketing or entertainment field? How what can they do? to build a presence online? What are some best practices that you know that you can share with our audience? Absolutely, yeah, we, I'm happy to, without even thinking, there's like tons. I noticed, like you said, people are really paying attention, actually still a lot of them not really paying attention. And in a lot of people's mind, it's still like an entertaining thing, right? Oh, I, I share this because I want to show my friends or for when, when it comes to more um, a proper business perspective, it's a different, uh, different angle. Uh, the first thing, uh, as always, it's to to know who you want to engage with. Like if I want to engage with you, Tom, right? Or you're a video product, uh, production company business owner, or I want to engage with a restaurant owner, or I want to into, with interacting with the academic students. And the reason is very obvious. Your message, your style, your even visual looking branding will be kind of different. So it's not just how you feel. I found one of the common mistake uh, a lot of people doing is they want they just do the way they want to do it. <laughs> it doesn't really matter <laughs> who they're talking to. So very important to clarify your audience profile, right? And then the, another thing is um, different platforms has different purpose. Um, I, I actually start more and more realizing that from uh, my practice and also looking at those successful ones. Uh, for example, LinkedIn, much more professional. You mentioned that, right, Tom? B2B, like all your leads comes kind of from there. And Instagram, another purpose. YouTube, another one. And TikTok is getting more popular. And uh, we can elaborate much more on each of them. We, you have to be, uh, it's not hard to find all, the, all of these informations online. Just Google it. Like, what's your function, right? Your business function. It's more like the service provider or more education or business. Um, for me, I personally also rely more on uh, LinkedIn. Um, the connection there are more uh, verified and quality and they're more serious. Um, but if you're, uh, let's say retailers, right? You're selling clothing or you're targeting younger generation, you might want to uh, focus on a different channel. So the channel, and I, uh, I don't also recommend to do everything like uh, or posting things everywhere. Um, that's also a distraction instead of helping you. And um, another quick quick thing is the, the handle, the name that we claim. Make sure you do it smartly, not like super long or very random. Having this relates to my maybe next tip about branding, having some sort of connection like unity, like standardize your branding, your visual name. Uh, for example, this book I'm doing, uh, I use all the handle, my full name uh, to promote this book, uh, the Isabella one. So everywhere people when see it, they know, oh, it's me. And also it's easier for them to follow you without even knowing, you know, what handle is it for this channel? And um, as I mentioned, at least to the branding part, right? Um, I personally pretty recommend to have a branding and it doesn't mean you need to pay 
$1,000 for designer or you need to visually design everything perfectly. Branding is just something people can recognize. It could be a blank page and you just have a dot on there. That's your branding. And it has a, a really uh, clear pattern. People can tell, oh, that's Tom or oh, that's Isabella. And make sure you have a habit to start building that, not randomly doing different colors or different fonts. And this also has to do with your post designs, right? If you have a clear branding, your design will be in the same style. And also your voice, your tone, all these is part of your branding. And that goes back to my first tips about the audience, your voice, your style defined is um, partially defined on your audience and also partially defined on your real personal style. I don't want you to fake you. You have to be real you. And because uh, I've heard a lot of story, like people try to mimicking um, another, let's say, icons or people they they worship to and it never worked well. And at the end, they found out what always works the best is when they truly present their, themselves. Like, so combine the branding part and your own personal style and to find the best balance. Um, measurement, very important. Those are everywhere. You can find the best practice uh, and Google, uh, Facebook, and all these channels, they have free chan free tools to, for you to track enough information to see what works and what doesn't, and get rid of those that doesn't have engagement and focus on those who are very highly uh, with high impressions and high quality content, obviously, right? That also means, that doesn't mean it has to be a lot of content, a lot of work. It just need to have a purpose right whether it's promoting something and also a the content itself needs to mean needs to be meaningful people learn something from it that means high quality and it can be just a blank photo and it doesn't really direct to anywhere and people just forgot about it after reading it and last thing is be very consistent like you told me earlier, right? You have to slowly building up your presence. It's not gonna be two weeks. It's not even gonna be two months. A lot of give up like way before it's starting showing, you know, turning points. So I hope those are useful. Oh, that's great. I mean, what, what, what kind of came in my mind when you were talking is that everything that you're referencing now are things that I tell not only my film and marketing students about mm -hmm. building a presence online, but I teach uh, public speaking. And really what we're doing here is we're talking about communicating. So whether you're talking to yeah. in front of a class or you're, you're trying to build a presence online, really at the end of the day, it's about communicating. And that idea of um, knowing your audience, that idea okay. of um, understanding who your audience is, providing value, providing yeah. something that they don't know or providing it in a way that is new and interesting to them. I mean, these are things that I'm talking about in my Public so it's, it's all about communicating at the very basic level. We're just doing it now through a different medium. And the medium, as Marshall McLuhan said, is the message. So understanding the best way to go about it on LinkedIn, as opposed to Instagram, as opposed to right. TikTok, as opposed to Facebook, really relates into how you're going to convey that message. So obviously, you're not going to put on LinkedIn, you at the bar on a Friday night with your <laughs> That's probably more associated with personal Instagram accounts. TikTok's much different than LinkedIn as well. Do you well. use TikTok at all? It's I don't. I, you yeah. know, I, I was kind of debating on it. I mean, kind of like all, as a lot of people kind of uh, 
uh, warped out with everything in terms of social media. Is, is it still a bit, it seems to me still that it's a young audience. Yeah, so, I agree. You know, I don't know if that's really going to be. Casual, right? Very yeah. spontaneous. I haven't got a hang of it either. <laughs> that's why I'm asking. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm not really on there. I'm, uh, Instagram, Facebook. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get more into Twitter and, and work that. And Twitter's been around for a long time. I haven't yeah. made a really engage on Twitter, but mm -hmm. I, I think there's there's value in kind of what I do and, and what I'm trying to promote on Twitter. And so LinkedIn, it's your number one, right? In, in terms of business, yes. LinkedIn, 100%. That's how I gain new business as aside from um, repeat customers or word of mouth or people just calling me from my website. I'm, I'm reaching out on LinkedIn and just trying to connect with professionals in my mm -hmm. field, both for my uh, corporate video production, also for my creative endeavors, like trying to get shows picked up and trying to reach out to development executives and things like that. LinkedIn mm -hmm. is, 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 I think, a great resource for anyone out there that's trying to uh, connect with really high quality professionals. So that's what I use. But um, tell us, Isabella, tell us a little bit more about your, um, your, your book that's coming out. I know you, you spent a lot of time on that. You're very excited about it. <laughs> I, I can't wait to read it myself. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your book? Of course. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like one of my main priority at the moment. Um, I completely underestimate the effort, but I never regret. It's a great learning experience. I started working on this since early this year, about uh, I think uh, late Jan and early February, I, I, did, I made my mind, I'm like, okay, it's a good time to maybe really uh, touch the ground to learn things and to get things uh, together. Because um, before that, I started writing about digital things, about technology trend, because um, again, this pandemic, it's like a turning point, like a wake up call for me. I don't know how many people around me are feeling the same, but for me, it's a wake up call more than just a virus or a, just a temporary setback or a crisis. It's uh, for whatever reason, um, because um, it, it can be very philosophical if we talk deep about that. For whatever reason, I feel like we're entering into a new era. Like it, it's, opening up something different it's not just we're gonna be okay and then things will be back to normal and for example the technology part um before we've always have these technology right journey uh, all these industrial revolutions um but this time i feel it's very different because of how fast the 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 transition is like never before it's like overnight all of a sudden we can work from home very reasonably like we just should work from home and it usually takes decades uh, even i'm not that you know experienced or i'm still young but i can i know those things take years to build up the momentum to make people to accept the fact that working from home it's a it's a, a routine it's it's not something different and also um there was things like Mm, usually whenever there's a crisis, there's always a breakthrough of some sort of technologies. Uh, in America, I've shared this many times at my other speakings, uh, 30s with the radio and then with the uh, smartphones. And now with this crisis, uh, what would that be, right? I, I, I believe it's definitely an accelerator of something else. 
and people we can't just expect it will be back to normal and things will be continue it's an irreversible process uh, especially since i'm working in the digital field um, i can sense that it's coming or it's already here it's just most of us aren't realizing it yet um so combined with all these you know awakening calls or my personal observations and i realized that people around me they whether it's our in our human nature we're resistant right we don't want to change they're they're either don't want to admit the change or they refuse to change uh many many are uh, still taking this as a temporary thing um, as I mentioned earlier many times something will be gone and then life continues and that's probably one of the main um, reason that you know urged me to okay I want to share I want to tell people <laughs> something different is coming up let's all kind of wake up to see how we can navigate and deal with this uh, new rea reality and what is this new reality is and that's a little bit more um technical but i can explain uh very easily maybe uh in the general terms here is that we're living in this new um digital reality that we aren't realized for example we mentioned earlier all these social media or youtube videos a lot of us still taking as a optional thing or oh it's just for entertaining it's not a big deal i can click any button i can uh, share my you know my history uh, we don't realize what kind of reality we're dealing with because uh, just think of now like who are the companies that are running the world all of the top four um or we can say the big four they're all the big tech giants that um running on the data heavily data basis uh, model so their their whole company their business model it's based on the internet data so everything we do in this internet world it's actually a completely um, different social structure that we're already building that we aren't realizing and the highest re, uh, authority who is that is not us influencer even tom you and i were influencers not us it's not the even government i don't want to dive deep on that we know that from the presidential right election and it is the one who controls those data who who tell us you can't join this chat because you don't share your privacy with us it's those that you don't click on the cookie button you can't even enter the page that's the new authority now and we can't even run this zoom video if we don't agree on their agreements so things like that i don't think any of us um it's not people's fault i didn't even realize this um and this pandemic enlightened me and I think every every one of us deserves to know this uh, new reality. Um, how we should this is ongoing going uh, going to be only accelerating will be more and more immense in the digital, and um, even without realizing that's maybe the more crazy part. So how do we pro have a proper mindset to deal with this world? Um, and and uh, as of today, here some really very quick uh, stats. It's like uh, sixty percent, I think, of the population are on the internet. So 
and the number is still growing. So it, it's a real the world population. The world population, sixty yeah. percent, yeah, of the world population. Um, and and whenever wherever you are, you can be in Africa, you can be in Asia, you can be I can be in America, and we're all belongs to this new. I, I call it maybe country for easy understanding. This new digital reality, it's a country, like under, a, we're a global citizen under this country. And how do we, there's no law yet, and how do we navigate? So all these unknown questions, um, I wanted to um, bring it up. I, I don't think anyone has the answer for any of this yet because it's so premature and, uh, um, it takes times to to find out what's working and the regulation is not in place at all so i wanted to my purpose for this book it's kind of just to um bringing all this up for people to be aware and share any useful practice i can um from my research or my own uh, daily work uh, actually a lot of my inspiration comes from um, the book, I'm not sure if you read it, called from Yuval. Uh, it's a Israeli historian. He wrote a series of books, Homo Sapien, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, and Homo Deus. So, and one of his message, um, it's really, he believes the algorithm, it's the, it's the one going to rule the world. And the algorithm might even know better than you know yourself from all these you know histories online they will recommend you things based on your digital footprints and things like that yeah so a lot of my inspiration comes from there combined with my own discoveries research for example to asking questions such as um when data now including building social media right what we're actually doing it's we we're collecting information we're having followers we don't have their information but we have their information because we can reach out to them through message they could sign up with email and data it's really just what's going to be the main valuable assets in this digital internet world and algorithm it's the new power because i can't even name my book name based on my own, you know, preference, I had to do keyword research. What's the best keyword for my book? So <laughs> uh, even while writing this book, I find just a lot of things very interesting. And what happens when this traditional system, social system, the thing we're teaching in school and this uh, government, the laws no longer apply to this digital world because there's no rule yet we literally can create rules and who creates that? What happens when the authority changed? And now, at least to me, it's very obvious. And what happens when we talk about this, we immerse in this digital world and our own re reality, our own mind, our conscious. And there's a lot of things that we can talk about around this. So um, this is more, what this book about combined with some common uh the practice that i think business uh should also be aware um there's all a lot of unknown a lot of challenges 
there's no uh, blueprint at the moment, but I hope this book can encourage people to reflect and to together uh, contribute as one of the pioneer. It wouldn't be something that everyone will be, oh my God, I wanted to read about it, or this is the thing I want to know. Um, but I, I definitely have a lot of passion to bring this information um, out there, yeah. Wow, that's that's very deep, very deep. I, thought, <laughs> I was under the impression that it was more of just a book about social media and best practices. But you're, you're I have raised a like, good impression. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's that's pretty uh, wild. It sounds very interesting. Now, did you see the social dilemma on Netflix? Yes, okay. I. How about you? Yeah, yeah, I wow. saw it. Did, does it reference? Is your everything. book like okay? Yeah, everything. Um, so what do you think? I mean, I definitely like to take this opportunity, how you feel about the social dilemma. And I mean, you kind of shared a little bit, right? You try to still keep your personal, you know, your offline world active. So <laughs> Yeah, we were talking off uh, before we started the conversation here that, you know, for me, at least I, I need time away from my work, I need time away from social media, I need time to decompress, so I stay very active. I, I'm a surfer, I'm a bicyclist. I like to hike in the winter time, I like to snowboard, and, and I really value that time, and it helps me do better during the week, and it helps me decompress and be more productive at work. So I definitely need that time away, and I need to be active during that time. In terms of social media, I think it's there's obviously a lot of pros, so it, it helps someone like me, helps billions of people around the world promote themselves, get, get customers, interact with individuals, meet new people. I mean, that seems to be Zuckerberg's main focus is bringing people together. Yet the irony is we live in a time that's more divided than any other time. So that's what's kind of interesting is that even though Facebook's main goal is to bring connect people, I mean, Zuckerberg has said this for years now, but it, it seems like we're in the most divided time ever. So that's interesting. But there's, there's cons, and I think we, we've seen those cons in The Social Dilemma on Netflix. And I think the cons come is when you substitute social media, when you substitute your online life for real life, as opposed to being a supplement for it, as, as opposed to being something that promotes your real life. If mm -hmm. that now becomes your real life, then we're, we're in big trouble. And I think if everyone has that mindset with this, when this becomes like an, an alternate reality but actually the the truth what what i guess what people would value as the truth i think then society is in a lot of trouble because then it, we kind of i think we have a uh, an instance where we're going to devalue human beings and it's just going to be a completely different moral framework and mm -hmm. social framework and cultural framework that mm -hmm. i think is not compatible with the real world Absolutely. And you mentioned um, it sounds deep, right? Like much more uh, than just the, the superficial level, like the technology itself or how to apply it. Um, because and maybe I missed to mentioning that like this time, the technology transformation is different because it touches on philosophical things. It's not like before we kind of just progress. This time it's very like, it's not just something we leave it to the philosopher or you know people who have time to deal with that. For example, those uh, artificial intelligent developers, those are programmers, technical people. And for example, if they develop those automation uh, machine, like 
the cars, the vehicles, and they come into all these ethical questions. If um, I, I think maybe you read, read it somewhere, if there's a, uh, the kids cross the street and should the driver just uh, hit the kids? I mean, the auto machine, the pro, uh, the self-driving cars, because it's programmed by human. We need to tell them what to do. Should, should we program to just hit the kids or to turn right and fall off the cliff? So there's all these like things that we're doing now with artificial, those technology touch on this um, ethical things. And it's no longer an issue that's for a very small portion of the people. It's for every worker, uh, startup founders, and yeah, people we work, if you want to be in this digital world. Yeah, I mean, I, there's obviously, I don't think there's a way to go back at this point. We're too far gone. So we're going to have to adapt and hopefully as a culture, as a society, we can figure out the best way to really integrate this, this new reality with the, the real world as opposed to supplement it for the real world. But yeah, there's all these different uh, uh, philosophical questions that come into play and and I'm anxious to read your book. When does it come out? Heavily editing it. And uh, we're scheduling hopefully the end of the year. Yeah. And I will definitely keep you posted on the, uh, you know, every uh, main steps. That's, <laughs> You'll great. Hear me. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I'm, I'm, I will definitely uh, check that out. I'm looking forward to it. And I know, Isabella, that you also have a podcast that you've started just a couple weeks ago. Why don't you tell uh, yeah. us a little bit about that? And I've, I've seen you had some really esteemed guests on the podcast. And they've thank you, thank cool you. Topics. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, like uh, as what you're doing, the same thing. And this, uh, this uh, I call it live chat. It's actually an extension or in, inspir inspired by my book. Uh, 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 my main goal is to bring together all these uh, visionaries, you know, right? Uh, futurists and people who are heavily involved in the digital world as uh, digital executives um, to together share their expertise or their real case scenario uh, that they apply in their corporation or businesses, uh, how they putting together this puzzle in the digital transformation uh, age. Uh, as you mentioned, I've invited mainly uh, executives from uh, large corporations because they're the one kind of directing uh, the, the ship, right, where they're going. Um, for example, the MasterCard, the Innovation Senior Director and MasterCard and a lot of people, uh, what they're sharing is this is uh, definitely um, a nonstop journey and it's gonna just go faster. And the transitioning period of every change, every innovation will be also shortened. So we have to be very used to this constant changing and and deal with it like a like a norm it's not just going to be oh it changed it's every time it's changing it's not just one time or yeah things like that and i'm also um, talking to um a lot of people who are in the practice of exp uh, of testing what the future could be like i'm speaking with this um founder of a museum in Brooklyn. Uh, he founded, uh, he started a museum called, oh, I forgot the name, sorry, a museum of uh, virtual reality, something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And what they are kind of uh, focusing on is the metaverse. I don't know if you ever uh, heard about that. It's been a lot of 
articles about it. And speaking of the Facebook, the founder, uh, Mark, he just announced, I think last month or or the month before, that Facebook is transitioning from a social app company to a metaverse company. Mm. So all they're doing or their focus, their, their business is gonna be about metaverse. So, wait, so wait, 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 what is metaverse? I never heard that. Oh, no problem. I was like you before as well. Like metaverse, it's like those video games, you know, you wear a glasses and you kind of immerse in this uh, different uh, dimension. It's like, it's like a, a different virtual reality. Virtual reality, yeah, but it's much more than virtual reality. Virtual reality, you just watch and it's just an experience instead of screen. It's more in real. And this metaverse, it, you can you can think it as uh, another world. We're creating simultaneously with this physical world. You can buy property on there. You can sell things. Yeah, it's so all these things, Tom. It's very crazy. Wow, yeah, it is. Wow, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize that you were that like. I thought you were just into digital marketing and like Facebook ads. And wow, you're like taking it to another level. That's pretty cool and wild. I, I, I'm digging you. it. That's great. Yeah, um, mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of interesting stuff. Thank you, um, thank you. Yeah, happy to share more. That definitely. I'm glad you you found it interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, well, like you said, I mean, it deals with. Um, societal issues, yeah, cultural the issues and, mm -hmm. and all that. And it'll be anxious to see how this all plays out. But I think it's interesting what you said before in terms of like everything's changing. And, and there's, you said previously that a lot of people are not adapt. They don't adapt well to that change. And we've seen this really since the beginning of the internet, when oh, yeah. you look back until, into the nineties, a lot oh, of people yeah. thought the internet was just going to be a fad. And if you look at somebody like one of the, the companies that we focus on in my transmedia class is Amazon uh -huh. and Jeff Bezos and he in like 94, 93, uh -huh. he uh -huh. knew that the, the world was going to be transformed by the internet and he banked all this money and he, and he started Amazon, I think in 95, he had, he borrowed a loan from his parents of $250,000 cattle. He had the background of working at a financial firm in terms of um, data, and he, he knew that data was, was key to success in that kind of business. And you exactly. take that of, of him understanding how this was going to change back then with companies, like, like these legacy companies like Kmart, Sears, mm -hmm. and they're like well into the 2000s, and their company motto is that the internet is still a fed, and it's like, you know, whose fault is that? So yeah. to understand how everything changes, I mean, look at even the last five years, we've had Snapchat pop up, we've had um, you know Facebook being taken down by Instagram, which Facebook owns, you've had TikTok yeah. in just the last year. I mean, this is just in the last couple of years, it's, it's been so up and down. So uh -huh. who knows what's gonna happen? So to understand that this world is all about change and it's about flux, I think is very important for any digital marketer, any, any person in, in interested in, in the social media landscape. Absolutely. You definitely got the point. Yeah. Looking at what, what I was talking about now, it's like looking at the internet 20 years ago. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> it's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Adventure. What? I'm sorry. Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Where can my uh, where can our audience uh, find you online, Isabella? 
find me. Oh, please find me. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, Isabella Wang. Search my name. And I'm also on Instagram, Facebook under the same handle. I mentioned that before. Uh, you can always type my full name and you'll be able to find me there. Yeah. And I start using Twitter too. I, I agree with you. I haven't got a hang of it either. It seems like it's been popular, work very well for some companies and people. And I try to, yeah, start using it as well. It seems like it's a great tool for interaction, but you have to figure out like how to interact. And I haven't, yeah, I haven't done that. Yeah, like people reacting to your tweets, responding to your tweets. And I mean, there's some companies that do it really well, like Wendy's. We, my, in my class, we always talk about Wendy's because they have a very kind of non-traditional way of advertising. Communicating, right? Yeah, they like, they, yeah. they make fun of McDonald's and other fast food restaurants <laughs> and they do, do, do it in a very tongue-in-cheek way, but it's, it's authentic and it's real. And yeah. it, it works well and they have a big following. So, uh, but there's all different, it depends on like how you want to have your brand voice heard on Twitter. So I guess that takes a little time and a little bit of navigation. Absolutely. Yeah. And I also have a website, Isabella.us. So that's kind of like everything about me there. Um, you can, yeah, definitely check it out. Great. Well, this was a great conversation. I appreciate you coming on and I, I look forward to your book and checking out more of your podcasts. Absolutely. Likewise, Tom. Keep this show going. I would definitely love to, to, to check it out and to, to learn more. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Take